created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. Did you hear that? God said that he would create man, male and female. God created them. It's obvious that God not only created us guys. He created, he created women. He created females as well. And the Bible is crystal clear on that particular subject. What I'm going to say to you this morning is really not some new doctrine. I'm not trying to establish something that's not out there. This is a reality. In fact, our, our, our announcing gentleman spoke really well about all of this. Um, but let me sh share some of this with you because it may surprise some of you. You maybe have never heard this from a pulpit before, but let me be one of those who say that. We know, we know that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We've already established that. We know that throughout the scriptures, in particular with the New Testament, throughout the New Testament, God is always referred to as the Father and Jesus the Son. That's male images. We understand that, that, that that's how it is. And do we all agree? Yes, we all agree with that. Do we all agree with that or no? Yes? Okay. So we see that within the scriptures. But are you ready? Are you ready for this? God is not just a male. God is a male and a female. Our God is not just a male. Our God is a male and female, and I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you by, by common sense, but I also want to prove it to you today by the scriptures, and I think I'm on a path of already doing that. I think between what Nick has said and where we're going so far this morning, I think you would have to agree. So I'm going to show you some scriptures about the motherly nature of God himself. Again, this is not some new doctrine uh, because we know God as our Father. We know that. He is our Father. And that's what the Word of God declares. Abba is the Hebrew word for that. He is our dad. He is our father. But I want you to understand that both male and female came out of God. Both male and female came out of God. Common sense would tell you. Point number one of common sense. If God was only a male, common sense would tell you that he couldn't create a female. He couldn't create a female because most males don't understand females. And that's just the way it is. Even God would probably have a problem with that. In fact, Scripture would say words, would say the words male and female. I've read that to you. You've seen it before, I'm sure. The, the Word of God tells us that, uh, says the word male and female. Just so you know. Hang with me here. We're going a little, little deep here. But listen, female means not male. That's deep. That's really deep. Female means opposite of man. I told you we're going deep. Gentlemen, hold on. It means opposite of man. So bottom line, bottom line, what female means, what female means is, is not male. There are the males and then there, there, are, there are those who is not male. Lousy English, but that's what I just put in my notes. So anyhow. In fact, if you're if you like me, I do a lot of stuff around the house a lot. I don't know what I'm doing, and it leaks almost every time I do the plumbing. But anyhow, if you grab plumbing fixtures, you will find that there is a male and a female part to, to plumbing. 
That's just the way it is. Uh, there is the male and the female parts, and you fit them together, and that makes things happen. Well, the fact of the matter, fact of the matter, God designed, you know where I'm going. The fact of the matter is, God designed male and female to fit things together and make things happen. I told you this is going to be a good word today for our mothers. <laughs> so please hear me. Please hear me. But most important, what I want you to hear in all sincerity, is God designed male and female to represent him. Nick was 110% right. God is not only our father, but he is our mother as well. He created male and female to represent him. In fact, again, in Genesis 1.27, it says those words of God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Scripture is telling you and I that male and female are the image of God. They are the image of God. Not just male, not just female, but male and female are the image of God. Time out. I'm going to stop right now with the message. I want you to absorb this a little bit. And I want to share with you a personal story of something between Marianne and I. Um, I, I believe, I don't know what you believe, but I believe a way to honor someone would be something like what we're doing today. It would be like me still honoring my mom. My mom went to heaven in 1998, but she was my mom. I loved her. I loved her. I kissed her. She was my mom. She took care of me. I love my mom. But I also want to let you know that I, I also, another way to honor someone would be like me who would honor my wife. I think Nick mentioned that as well. I think he read my notes. Somehow or another, he got to my notes today. But anyhow, uh, I, I, I want to honor my wife. Marianne, she's been my wife, we're at almost at number 45 years, and, and she's the mother of my four kids. And so I, I want to be able to honor her. So I believe, I believe a way to honor someone is paying attention to them, is paying attention to them. Nowadays, a lot of us men seem to pay a lot of attention to sports, a lot of attention to our career, a lot of attention to our favorite hobbies, and our, our, our certainly ourselves. Well, I'm going to stop right there because that's another whole different message. I'm going to just move on from that one. Uh, but today, to you gentlemen, today is on this Mother's Day. Gentlemen, I'm going to ask you at, at least acknowledge the hard work. At least acknowledge the sheer effort involved for her to be the mom of your children. And I'm asking you as, as husbands and dads... I'm asking you to honor her with your love and your affection today, unlike you would normally do. I want you to give her that special attention because she deserves it. And all the men said, amen. amen. That's what we would, we would do. The truth is, the truth is, let's go back to moms. You being a mom, you didn't have it all that easy right from the very beginning of all of this. Uh, in other words, for most of you moms, right after conception, right after conception, most of you lived with quite a bit of discomfort, quite a bit of pain, and quite a bit of sickness. You, I don't need an amen to that. In fact, you're probably mad I even brought it up, but hang with me. And gentlemen, I also know that for you and I, when conception happens, we too deal with a lot of discomfort, and we too deal with a lot of pain and sickness too. Oh, you poor guys. But anyhow, anyhow, let me get back to the mothers. So right after conception, you deal with a lot of discomfort, pain, and sickness, not even to mention much less what takes place at birth, not even to mention the delivery of that little, that little baby that you're going to, or maybe big baby that you're going to have. 
Marianne and I, when we, when we were uh, back in 1976, we were married in 73, but in 76, um, we decided because she was pregnant that we were going to take the Lamaze class. I don't know if that even exists anymore. It was a way of dealing with how to both of us could go, go through the pregnancy and, and the delivery and everything. And so Marianne and I were a part of the, the uh, Lamaze classes for our oldest son, Jeremy. And we wanted to do all of this baby stuff together. Um, yeah, I, I, wanted, I wanted to be by her side right from the very beginning. How come I didn't get like one aww? You people are disappointing me like crazy today. My thought process is, I'm going to give you another chance. My proce thought process is, if it took two of us to make this happen, I'm in this for the long haul. Oh, there, I feel much better. <laughs> just, just so you know, just so you ladies know, you mothers know, and I've made this very clear to my wife, it's not that easy for us men to deliver a baby. It's not that easy for us to have a baby. We just want you to know that. So anyhow, Lamaz has a tendency to be rather op optimistic uh, about the whole birth process, that birth process, that thing that us men and women really don't want to be a part of. But anyhow, but for example, they don't allow the word pain to be talked about in delivery. They don't allow that. At least they didn't back then. Specifically, the, they would say to the mother, you may experience some discomfort. So my role as husband and father is to, in the birth process, was to coach. In other words, I was to coach Marianne during her discomfort. It's my job. And the worst part of all of this was not just, was not just the 26 hours of labor that we endured. I mean, she endured. Uh, it, the worst was, or, or even the full hour and a half of her pushing she uh, endured, uh, but when she pushed, just so you know, Jeremy's heart rate dropped dramatically, and, uh, and his cord was wrapped around the, uh, his neck, uh, around Jeremy's neck, and what uh, the doctors had to do was to um, uh, reach in, uh, in Marianne and pull, and pull him out with something like this. Gentlemen, can you imagine? He would have to reach up inside of my wife and grab a hold of Jeremy's head with something like this. Or at least that's what she said it felt like. She said it felt like that. <clears throat> and man, when that happened, did she let out a scream or two. And uh, of course, I'm her coach. And uh, I, I had to be a coach, and I had to do something. I wasn't sure what to do. So I got down real close to her ears while she's screaming her, her guts out. And I said, dear, are you experiencing some discomfort? <laughs> God help us. Help me. Just bringing that up again. She's going she's gonna to nail me when I get home for sure. Anyhow, back to the sermon. Let's get back to the sermon. So let me tell you three things about a mother that they get from God. They've gotten this from God. These three things. Number one, mothers know. Mothers know. They know. Ever hear about a woman's intuition? Mothers know. Now listen, mothers are not omniscient like God is who is all-knowing, but man, they are real close to that. That is for sure. They're very close to being that all-knowing 
kind of thing. Mothers are the closest thing on the planet who are all-knowing and, and all-seeing. I, I promise you that. Growing up, I, I got caught by my mom all the time. I thought I could get away with whatever I wanted, and I couldn't. I would get caught all the time. One quick, real quick story. I think I was 12, maybe 13 years old the first time I, I smoked a cigarette. And I was up in our upstairs bathroom. I had the brains to open up the window so I could smoke that little cigarette and blow the smoke out of the window so that they wouldn't know I'm smoking. Uh, I don't know why I did this, but after I smoked, I uh, you know, flushed it down the toilet. And I thought I was cool, and I was cool back at 12 years old, believe me. And uh, I went down and I kissed my mom. And the second I kissed my mom, she goes, you've been smoking a cigarette. And I started crying, and I said, how do you know? How do you know I'm smoking a cigarette? You know, she didn't tell me for years, and finally one day she told me, she said, you stunk like a cigarette. That's how I knew that you were smoking. I'm telling you, mothers have this ability. They know everything. Uh, mothers, they even know what you're thinking. And I've witnessed this. I've, I've seen this with Marianne a lot in my 44 years right now. Uh, when we were at West Point, my second son, Jacob, uh, he was in some band practice or a band camp that was going to be taking place on this particular time. This is when we're, we're down at West Point. They're, they're all young. You know, we're all, they're, they're young. And, and uh, so Jacob said to his mother, I'm taking off for bike camp, jumps on the bike, and he starts going. It wouldn't be a few minutes later, and my son Thomas, who's in this room, he, uh, he comes up missing, and a couple of friends, so Marianne, it's it, this Marianne knew it's some of that all-knowing, all-seeing stuff that all women have, and in particular mothers. She got in her car, she drove down through the town, and she got to the intersection where you have to go left or right, and to the left is Joe's Market. The kids loved Joe's Market. It was a penny store. You could get all kinds of candy and gum and ice cream, whatever you want. Every, all the kids hung out at Joe's store. And Marianne, as she makes a left and she sees over there, there's Jacob's bike, there's Jacob and Thomas and some of the friends, they scurry in into Joe's store like we didn't see them or she didn't see them. And of course, they were busted. She knew it. It's that, it's that all-knowing thing that I'm talking about. Mothers know. Mothers can read minds. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, mothers can read minds. They know what you're thinking. In fact, mothers know what you're thinking even before you think it up. You're starting to think about this, and all of a sudden she talks to you about what you're thinking, and you're blown away. They know what their kids are thinking. They even know what other women are thinking. And they don't have to say a thing to another woman to know what she's thinking. Now listen, I'm telling you, women were created in the image of God because they know. They know. Men, men can't do any of that. Men don't know what other men are thinking, nor do they care. We could care less what you are. I care less what you think about me, men. I don't care. But that's not a woman. They're not that way. Women care. And they know what you're thinking even before you think it up. Men do not have that gift that women have. And women, you know that's true. If you've got a man, you know what I just said is true. Men do not have that gift that women have, and you know that's true. After a man makes a poor decision, the number one question a woman will ask her man is, what were you thinking? <laughs> and the number one answer the man gives every time was, I don't know. 
I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. Listen to me, ladies. I'm a man. I'm your pastor. Believe me, it's true. It's true. We have the ability to not think. And we have the ability to not listen to you as well. God help me. <laughs> women. Women know our thoughts because they got it, got this from God himself. And I want to prove that to you. Go with me. I got a number of scriptures that I will go through very quickly. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 4, but Jesus knowing their thoughts. Matthew chapter 12, 25, but Jesus knew their thoughts. Luke 2, 5, 22, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts. Luke 6, 8, but he knew their thoughts. Luke eleven seventeen. but he knowing their thoughts. Now what we believe and what we know according to the scriptures is that God is fully man and fully God. Fully God and fully men. So I'm just saying it was not the man part of Jesus who knew their thoughts on these scriptures. It was the God part because us men don't understand how you come up with this stuff. We don't understand it. So I'm assuming here, I'm assuming that there are men in this room today who are saying something like this, Pastor, tell me what, how this message is going to encourage me that God knows my thoughts. Well, let me, let me tell you this much. Let me encourage you with this thought. In the same way as a good mother knows your thoughts, as your mother knows your thoughts and loves you anyway, that's how God loves you. And I'm serious. That's how God loves you. Seriously, listen, uh, I want you to know, I really want you men and everybody, I want you to know that God really does, he does really care. He knows what's going on in your life. And he loves you so much, even though you may be going through some of the most difficult, difficult hours, he knows what's going on. Uh, so number one, mothers know. They really know. Number two, mothers care. Mothers care. They really do care. A, uh, an Antonio um, uh, newspaper had written this story. I want to share it with you real quick. It's 99 degrees down in, in Texas. 99 degrees in August. And uh, a mom and her sister, a mom and an aunt, decided to go shopping. And they accidentally, when they closed the doors, accidentally, the aunt had left uh, the keys in the car. And they had shut the door, and their 10-month-old, uh, her 10-month-old niece, or this mommy's little baby girl, 10-month-old, uh, was left in the car. And mom and the aunt were going to go shopping, but of course they realized what happened, and accidentally they left that little 10-month-old in the car. And everyone is, is now beginning to get around this car because they know what's going on. They're trying everything they can to open the doors and all that. They end up calling the police and, and uh, nobody could get this. And the crowd is getting larger and larger as all of this is taking place. People are beginning to go crazy and they're worried about this little baby. Um, and all of a sudden, a tow truck driver comes barreling in, pulls off to the side. He gets out of his truck and he grabs a hold of a crowbar. And he goes to the farthest window away from that little baby, and he smashes that window. When he does that, all the people begin to cheer. They grab the baby. They begin to cheer the mom. She is elated. She is ecstatic. She is grateful. She's thankful that her baby is okay. But the aunt, the one who owned the car, she was fuming mad. She wanted that tow truck driver to pay for that window. So let me give you the moral of the story. Let me tell you what that really shows. It shows clearly which one is the mother, doesn't it? 
Which one is the mother? The aunt was concerned, concerned about the car, but the mother was concerned about her baby. Kind of like a story in the Old Testament. Two women who go before Solomon and says, this is my baby. No, this is my baby. And Solomon says, well, let's end this right now. Somebody give me a sword. I'm going to cut this baby in half. I'll give you half, and I'll give you half. Mother no number one looks at Solomon and says, sounds good to me. Mother no number two says, never mind. Let her have the baby. Don't touch the baby. And Solomon turned and said, that's the real mom. Give her the baby. That kind of wisdom. Do you know how Solomon knew that that was the right mother? Because a real mother really cares. A real mother. I know not all moms are real moms, like according to the scriptures. But a real mom really cares. Where did mothers get this kind of care and concern for their babies and their kids? I'm telling you, it comes from God himself, from Jesus. Because God cares about his children. I have a story. Um, have, you ever, have you ever seen the youngest of little girls that maybe you've had? Or maybe if you, if you don't have a child, maybe it's a niece or whatever. Have you ever seen a little, the youngest little girls care for their little babies? Have you ever seen that? Yes? I have Marianne. Marianne, would you come on down? I'm going to have my wife come down. She wants to share a quick story with you about our daughter. We have three sons and a daughter. Our daughter is our youngest, and she's the best out of all my kids. Just kidding, Tom. After all he's told on me this morning, I can't believe he had the guts to call me up here. You know, God did create man, and when he looked at man, he knew something wasn't quite right, so he... So he had to do a little more work, but he created woman. And then he said it was, it was good. It was good. He created the woman who is the softer side, who is the nurturer. And as my husband just said, we had um, three sons. We raised three sons and a daughter. And my boys, many of you know my boys, and you know, you know my boys. Let's leave it at that. My daughter now is a grown woman. She is a girly girl. She is gorgeous. She is a wonderful mother. Um, she's strong about who she is, and she's strong physically because she does CrossFit, which I think she can thank her brothers for, um, the brotherly part of growing up with them. Uh, there was a lot of testosterone going around in our house at the time. But anyway, my daughter was still a, a girly little girl, and one of the things she liked to do was play with her baby dolls. And even at the age of six and seven, I can remember her playing with her baby dolls. And she had everything you need to take care of your babies. You know, the diapers, the baby clothes, uh, bottles, bassinets, ev everything that she needed. And she would play for hours on end with these babies. But I wanted to share this morning that she had a favorite baby doll. And um, it was just interesting to see how young a little girl will nurture something. So would you put up the first picture for me? This is Michelle, and this was her favorite baby to play with, which his name was Chubby. And I could not find the picture where she would put a white lacy bonnet on Chubby. She would put footed pajamas on him and cut a slit in the back and pull his tail through. And then she would put his feet through that little centerpiece and go out in our neighborhood, which was just a little circle that we lived on um, the Hudson River, a little Andera Park. 
and she would take the cat in that little carriage and go around the circle, and the neighbors would come out because they couldn't believe that that cat would stay in that silly little stroller and go around the circle. Can you put up the next one? This is Chubby. Chubby's in a baby nightgown, and he's drinking real milk out of the bottle. Next one. This is my favorite. This is Chubby in the baby doll bassinet with a onesie thing on, and it even has a mobile, and he would sleep in there for hours after she bundled him up. And the last one, this is my daughter at about eight, and um, she's watching TV, and she's got the cat in another little nightgown laying on her all snuggled. It's amazing. It is amazing to me how early on in a child's life, in a little girl's life, you can see this nurturing. And so if you're out there this morning, my ladies, everyone that's a lady, I want you to know first that we're daughters of God. He created us women, and he created us nurturers, whether we're a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a mother, a grandmother, a great-grandmother, you are a daughter of God, and you have been created in his image. And you're getting in trouble later. I know. I don't know if I have one of my men, if they could turn the air conditioning on or get it cooler in here. It's very hot where I'm at. I'm assuming it's stuffy where you are as well. Um, <clears throat> mother's care, right? You agree with me? Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do it real quick here. I, I, wanna, I don't want to do Luke chapter 7 for those of you at the sound booth. I'm going to jump right down to Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. We're sort of running late on time. Um, in, in Luke, uh, in Matthew chapter uh, uh, 9, um, Matthew chapter 9 is loaded with all kinds of miracles that Jesus was doing. All kinds of things that were taking place. And in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says these words. Uh, excuse me. Yes, yes, yes. I've lost Matthew 9, 26. Uh, no, I didn't. I just found it. It says these words. It says, but when he saw the multitudes, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. The Son of God, God himself, is like a mother. He was concerned about them. He cared about the fact that there were multitudes of people coming for miracles. The lines were long. There were big needs in big people's lives. And God was there. He was concerned about all of that. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 7. Another thing that we find within the scripture, Matthew chapter 23, that I think that this particular verse could have the potential to shock you just a little bit because it talks about the mother's instinct that is in God, that is in God. Listen to this, Matthew 23, 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the, one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Listen to this. How often, this is Jesus. How often I wanted to gather your children together, listen, as a hen. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. Again, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus is speaking these, these particular words. This is him talking about this. He talks about her chicks. He, talks, he says the word her twice in that particular verse. Let me read it again. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. But you were not willing. Did you hear what Jesus said? He says, I wanted to care for you like a mother would care for you. He didn't say like a rooster. No, he said like a hen. He talked about it very clearly. 
So Jesus is letting us know, I have that kind of motherly concern for you. It's part of who he is. He is God. He is both male and female. We know him as father. We know him as male. But that's not accurate. That's not all that there is. What a wonderful gift God has, uh, we have of mothers that have come from God to each and every one of us. God himself invented the mothers. This was his idea. God designed male and female to represent and characterize him. Characterize him. When God created man, he created male and female. And he says, and they, both of them, are the image of God. Both of them. So let me ask you a question. Who did you run to when you would scrape your knees as a kid? Who did you run to? Who, who was it that you would go running to and crying out to when you would end up getting hurt? You would run to mom, wouldn't you? You and I would run to mom whenever we were hurting. We never went to dad. We hardly ever went to dad. Dad would say something like this, ah, suck it up. Come on, suck it up. That's nothing. Let me tell you the story one day when I was out and I got caught in a bear trap. And after I got out of the bear trap, I went and played a football game and I made three touchdowns when I was done. That little scrape on your knee, that's nothing. But not to mama. What's wrong with my little boy? What's wrong with my little boy? What's wrong with my little girl? And it was genuine. She really cares. Moms care in a way us guys, we don't. I mean, we do, but we don't show it. We're not like that. Come here. Let me kiss that boo-boo. And let me make it all better. And you know what? She did it. When she kissed that scraped knee, even though blood is gushing out. It didn't hurt anymore. It didn't hurt anymore because of our mother. Where does that come from? That comes from, that comes from God. It comes from mom, but it comes from God. God invented this. This was his idea. Nothing worse, in my opinion, than a mom who has a sick son, a sick daughter, a sick baby. Nothing worse in my mind now, nowadays since the loss of our own son. There's nothing worse that I can see in a mother's heart and in her, in her eyes for the concern and the cares that she would have for that mom. It's, it's uh, overwhelming to me at this point. A good mother, a good mother's will always stay with her baby until that baby gets better. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 66, which is the main verse that I want you to see that proves God's motherhood. Isaiah 66 verse 13. Listen to this. As one whom his mother comforts, God says, God says, so will I comfort you. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. This is God speaking to us. If you would just catch these two points, it's going to change your life. It's going to change the way you move toward your mom, how you would honor your mom. She is not a man. She is a woman, and she was created by God, and she was created in the image of God. We've learned this much today. Real mothers know and real mothers care. And they got all of that from God himself. Listen, God knows and God does care. And of course, the enemy, we can't talk about what God does without at least mentioning. The enemy will come and tell you just the opposite. That God doesn't know. That God doesn't know what's going on in your life. He tells you the opposite of what the scriptures show us. If he does know what's going on in your life, then obviously he doesn't care. Or he's got bigger and better things to deal with than you and your problems. 
That's what the enemy tells you. But we've learned today something different. The third and final point is this. Mothers help. Mothers help. They help those, uh, they, they help those real moms that are out there. They know, they care, and they help. As we've already told you, Marianne and I, we have four kids who are all married. We have 15 grandchildren. With my adult children, whenever, whenever, whenever one of her kids call, call mom and they say, would you, can you, will you help, will you watch, will you pick up, will you go, will you do, 99.9% .9 of the time in all of my married years, my wife has done exactly whatever she could possibly do to take care of her kids. No matter what she was doing, no matter what was on her calendar, she would be there. I love my wife the most for number one, because of her love for God and his word. I love my wife most with number two, because of her love for me. I love my wife the most because of number three, because of her love for our kids. And I love my wife most for number four, for her love for her grandchildren. For all 15 of her grandchildren, I love Marianne the most because of those four things. And every time we go south to South Carolina to be with Michelle and Martin and their five kids that they have down there, as Marianne already mentioned, my daughter, my daughter Michelle, 37 years old, is 100% like her mom. She too is absolutely an amazing mother. And I am so very proud of her. And I tell her that often. The same is true for all three of my daughter-in-laws. All three of them, they are amazing moms as well with, with God inside of each of them, making them to be the moms just like their mother-in-law is and probably their own mother is. And, uh, and then, of course, are my, my boys. All of my boys have been amazing fathers. All four of them, Jeremy, Jacob, Thomas, and Martin, all four of my boys have been amazing mothers. Listen, there is a mother quality that is in every one of us. 1 Thessalonians chapter. 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, come on, come back, where'd you go, hold on, I'm, I'm going to figure this out, here it is, Paul says these words, he says, we were gentle among you, this is Paul, this is Paul, the apostle, we were gentle among you just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. The Apostle Paul talking about that sensitivity. Um, in Matthew chapter 20, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 20, pro prophesying about Jesus, talking about how Jesus is. It talks about in that particular scripture how he will not disregard a bruised reed. A reed is, a, is, is, is grass, basically. And how Jesus is so caring, he is so nurturing that he won't take care of a bruised reed, a reed, a piece of tall grass that may be bent over and broken. He would nurture it. He would take care of it. Those are the things that come from God to our mothers, to our women. It's for every one of us. Just like God would want to nurture you and I, he's calling mothers that they themselves would do the same thing. Some, uh, uh, I'm skipping over my notes because, again, we're running out of time. God might, uh, God probably will never lead you and I to trouble. You and I will end up there one way or another, but you can't blame God. And what I promise you is that even though God will not lead you into trouble, when you get in trouble, God will lead you out. He is that kind of father. He is that kind of father to you and to me. He will lead you and I out. God will lead you through that. 
And honestly, he will do it very gently. Because now you know that God has a nurturing, caring side about him. And that same thing that we see in most mothers has come directly from God. Directly from God today. I believe. I believe that 96% of you, I believe that maybe 98% of us who are here today had a mother or at least maybe a grandmother or an aunt or whoever they may be who never gave up on you. Who was that kind of mom that we're talking about within the scriptures. Never gave up on you and never gave up on me. Those kinds of moms who have been in your life, I want you to know they prayed their guts out for you. They've been praying for you in the midst of your challenges and difficulties that you've been in. Those moms in your life, they would weep and pray for God to rescue you, to set you free of that issue, whatever it would be. Those moms in your life would strategize and see where you are and what's going on in your life and then would determine that whatever it takes, whatever it takes for most of those kinds of moms, they would say, I want my baby to come back home. I want my son, my daughter, who's out wandering and far from God, far from the family. They would want them to come back home above all things, above all things. God wants you to see, wants you to see how, not just how mothers are, but how he is himself. So that sensitive, nurturing, caring side of your mother comes from your heavenly father. It comes from God himself for us who would call on his name. Here's how I want to close the service out. And we're going to be just a few minutes late tonight, today. Bear with me, please. I want to pray over all you moms before I release you. I want to pray for all of moms on this Mother's Day. And I know personally that Mother's Day may change for some of us and it will never be as happy of a moment as it used to be because of the, of the loss of a son or a daughter. I understand that very well uh, with what moms have gone through. Um, some ladies want to be moms and have not been able to be that yet. And here's another Mother's Day that's coming and going, and still you're not allowed to stand because you're not a mom at, that particular, at this particular point. I want to pray for you as well. I'm sensing from God today that I need to pray for those moms who are not yet moms. I need to pray for you. I'm going to do that in just a moment. I believe God wants me to pray for those moms who are not yet moms. So I'm going to pray for you. Maybe, maybe uh, you're a mother. And one of your children are far from God right now. I'm going to be praying specifically about that in just a moment. I want to pray for that as well. I want to pray for those of you who are, who are, are um, uh, this may be a little bit embarrassing, but those of you who are not married yet, and therefore you're, you're not having children, you're waiting until you are married, and you haven't found the right guy yet. I'm going to ask you in just a moment, along with all the moms, to stand to your feet if you're desiring to be a mom. If you see that vision happening to you, that you would want me to be able to pray for you, that God would connect you to the right man, and that the two of you would have your own children. I'm going to pray for that. And I'm going to ask God for all of those kind of things. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask our intercessors, if you would please just come and stand along the front. Because as soon as I'm done with that, we're going to let them come right to you. I want to pray for all of you um, this morning. Would you stand to me if you are a mom, if you are one who wants to be a mom, if you've lost a son or a daughter, if you've been told by the doctors there's no way you'll ever give birth to a child, I want to pray for the miracle of God to happen on this particular Mother's Day for all of you moms. So if, that, if you fit in any of those categories, let me pray right now. <clears throat> I'm going to ask you moms, would you just sort of cup your hands like you're going to be receiving this from God as I, 
as I pray for you today. Lord, you see all of these wonderful ladies, all of these wonderful women that are here. And God, I know that you love them as much as you love that bent old, that old bent over woman who was bent over for 18 years and you touched her and you healed her. God, I know you love these mothers as much as you love that woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years. God, I know that you love these women as much as you love that mother whose little girl, a 12-year-old little girl, had died and you brought her back to life. Lord, we declare today by the grace of God that you not only forgive us of all of our iniquities, but you also deal with all of our health issues, with all of our diseases. We know that it's, it's not by works that we have our prayers answered and that God gives us that favor, but we understand it's by faith and faith in you that, God, you would have your way with each and every one of us. So today we are putting our trust in you as we pray. Father, I pray for these moms right now who have lost a son or a daughter. I'm asking, God, that you would somehow, in the midst of the, the celebrations, God, instead of only with tears flowing, that, God, that there would, be a, there would be a hope and that there would be a peace that would come from you. God, would you give her, would you give that mom that grace? I pray for a deep work to be done in them. I pray for the moms whose children are far from God right now. I pray that, God, you would move on those sons, on those daughters, that you would heal their hearts, that you would bring them back home. Bring them home, I pray, Father God. We know you're working overtime for that to happen. I pray for the ladies who want to be moms and the medical, uh, the doctors say that this is an impossibility. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, God, that you will heal these wombs that you would heal the wombs of the mother, of the women who want to be mothers today. That there would be a miracle of this, of this baby. In Jesus' name I pray. I speak life and healing and conception in Jesus' name. And for the ladies who have not yet found that husband, who are praying for and looking for a godly man to come into their life, I pray, God, that you will make that woman to be that mother rejoicing in the children that you have blessed her with, that you would meet that deep, deep desire that she has. And God, I ask you for, for those blessings on my sisters in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Would you all stand to your feet, please? We're going to sing our one song here. Luke, if you will lead us in all of that, we may need to cut it back just a little bit. We're doing pretty good, though. Go ahead. <laughs>